0: Well, we're gonna start a new series uh called scent over the next uh four weeks and before we get into that, I just wanted to kind of share I'll just get Harry to put up the header the harvest uh that I was on um over the last couple of weeks before Christmas I was driving this machine uh for my brother and this is actually a great god time for me uh, funnily enough it's for, for those that don't know that is an air conditioned cabin not like the old days i've i've Rachel's uncle actually has an old header that's still working and it's it's got like an umbrella um, that sits on ba- above him and they used to do that back in the day and it, this is a great opportunity for me to be just time praying we, we would spend sixteen hours a day doing um, harvest so i did did over ninety hours a week um, but i People think, wow, you're crazy. You know, honestly, it, it's a refreshing time for me. I'm living in the city, going out into the country. It's just a, a great opportunity to spend time with God. And, and, and this is a great time where I yeah, get to hear what God is saying and what he wants. And I've had some great visions um, while being out on this time. It, it is my kind of time away. And it was funny, I was, I was just thinking there, I was just praying and I was just really thinking about the harvest, and I'm talking about the harvest here that God has for us and, and the scripture that the harvest is ready, it's plentiful, but the workers are few. And often you would look at that machine and go, Wow, I couldn't drive that. That's too big, it's too scary. I don't think I could do that. But funnily enough, I got Sean to drive it last year, and tell you what, he was fine. First time, off he went, he could do it. And I think sometimes we get so fearful of things and don't think we can do it, but once we jump in and have a go, it's not as hard as we think. And same with this, it's not as hard as we think. Yes, there are some little things, but once you teach and, and show them, and um, Sean honestly could have just taken the header and I could have jumped out of the cabin straight after and I thought it would be fine. And I think sometimes that's the case with the mission. I don't know why, but sometimes there's just this fear whenever we hear the word evangelism. Now, maybe when you hear that word, you feel fear or maybe you feel obligation. Why? Why do we, we feel that? And I, I think maybe because we see evangelism as a doing thing, a tick of the box thing. Maybe you feel that way with reading the Bible. Maybe you feel obligated to read the Bible. Maybe you feel obligated to pray. I've always, we, we, we discussed this at interns. What if Jesus never gave the command to go and make disciples? Would, would that change what the disciples did? I wonder. I mean, we don't know because Jesus did give the commands. But I, I truly believe, and I know that many believe this, it wouldn't have changed anything. It was already like, Jesus, we know. He didn't, he didn't need to, to, to bring this command. And, and the reason why I believe that um, is because look at the people. When Jesus healed certain individuals in his mission, it didn't take much for them to go and tell people about Jesus. Now we have the disciples had seen all of those healings. Seen what Jesus had done, how he restored sight, you know, he'd healed people that were lame. And then, not just that, they'd seen him die on the cross, then they see him resurrected. I don't think it would take much, do you think, to go, wow, look who we are serving. And this, so this, this command, when they hear, it's like, yeah, Jesus, we know. We know it's not an obligation. They're just like they were so excited, and they they wanted to do it out of this love for the world, this love for them to know God, know Christ. And it's the same with with when we when we you know reading the Bible or praying. It shouldn't be an obligation. It should be a, a place of love. And so some of you may say that yeah, but. They were with Jesus. Yes, that is true. They saw the physical God. He was in flesh. But Jesus did say that I will send someone like me, the Holy Spirit. In fact, Paul did not spend any time with Jesus physically. Yet Peter says that Jesus, uh, Peter says that Paul knew Jesus just as well as he did. Why? Because of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit was God. And so, and we see that what Paul had done, what amazing man he was because of the Holy Spirit. And so I believe that's the place that we should come from. This love with God, the Holy Spirit, we, we're walking with Him. And, and so when we think of evangelism, or we think of the mission It's not something we do, it's something who we are. You know, I think often people don't uh, think that the mission or the sending is an attribute of God. David Bosch says, mission is not primarily an activity of the church, but an attribute of God. See, often when we think of God, We think of his characteristics, his holiness, sovereignty, wisdom, and justice, love. Rarely we think of his missionary nature, that our God is ascending God. In fact, we forget that the large part of the Bible is about God's redemptive purpose. Mission is the central theme because that's who God is. We see it from God sending Abram in, in Genesis 12. We see it all the way to Revelation 22 when God is sending an angel. You know, in the Old Testament, the Hebrew verb to send, shellac, I don't know if that's exactly how you say it, is found nearly 800 times. 800 times. And I want to give you some examples. Some great examples of this are in Exodus where we see God prompting Moses to confront Pharaoh, to let his people go. If you read Exodus 3, there are five references to sending. And I've just highlighted them. So now go. I am sending you. And then he says, In this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. We go to the next slide, Harry. Again, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. I am. Has sent me to you. It, it is continuing repeating in scripture. We see this word sent. Another is we see it in the in the prophets. We see it with Isaiah, and probably one of the strongest illustrations that most of us would know is Isaiah 6, verse 8. And it says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? To this, Isaiah responds, Here am I. Send me. Later in Isaiah, there is a passage where Isaiah recognized that the Spirit had anointed him and it says, and to proclaim the good news to the poor. And it says, He is sent to bind up the brokenhearted. This same passage is the same uh, passage that Jesus used to apply to his own ministry. And this is the same passage that should apply to us, because the Holy Spirit has anointed us. In the New Testament, it starts with the person of John the Baptist, who was described as sent by God. And then we continue to see this sending language throughout the Gospels, Acts and the Epistles. In the Gospel of John, the word sent is used nearly 60 times. The majority of these are the title of God, One Who Sends, and of Jesus, the One Who is sent. Now, it's important that we understand that God is a sending God, because the church God has sent for His mission. Brad Briscoe says, the nature and essence of the church is rooted in the missionary nature of God. In other words, God is a missionary God and we are his missionary people. Therefore, churches don't just send missionaries. The church is the missionary. That's why I love, uh, and Tina used this quote when she was here last year, and I love this quote, and it's from Christopher J.H. Wright, uh, who wrote a book, The Mission of God's People. And he says this, mission wasn't made for the church. The church was made for the mission. I want you to understand that. I know you have probably heard that, but I just want to repeat that again. We, the church, are a sent people. We are sent into our workplace. We are sent into our families. We are sent to our friends. We are sent into the world to be a light. A light in the darkness. A church for the mission. And as I was just going back to being at harvest, I was just like, wow, the harvest is, is plentiful. That's what God is saying. I, I don't know if you ever wrapped your head around that and going, what harvest? Where, God? What I've realised, I have to get off the couch and find it. I can't just sit at home and just expect the harvest to come to me. Like me going in the header, I have to go to the harvest and it can be hard work. And, and when Jesus was talking about the harvest, you know, he wasn't talking about an air-conditioned header, taking it up. He was talking about people cutting the grain with, his hand, with their hands It took many, many, many workers to do a harvest. It wasn't easy work, but he said it was ready. It was plentiful, but the workers are few. And what I love about that passage, when Jesus is talking there, he talks about and he says, pray for the harvest. Pray for the workers. But then who goes? He sends the disciples. It's like, pray for the workers. Now I'm sending you. And that's what it is. He's sending us because we are sent. Every believer who has the Holy Spirit is sent because we have the Holy Spirit who is God and God is a sending God. But I was kind of, I was questioning God and going, God, why haven't we fully grasped this as a church? And I'm not talking about the virgin. I'm talking about globally. Why haven't we fully grasped this idea that we are all sent? What, where, and I think, you know, trying to understand and listen. Uh, the great, great thing about being in the header is I get to listen to podcasts, and um, I decided to do a bit of study of history to understand. And sometimes we need to go back in history to understand what, why things happen today, and especially in the church. And and what I found after listening and and listening to some great people is that we have been so influenced. um, It's actually over a 1,000 years ago, the church has been influenced. And just to give you a bit of history to understand the growth of Christianity from the early church, because I believe the early church understood it. They understood that they were sent. All of them were sent. And they, they, they estimate about 100 A.D., that there were 25,000 Christians. Doesn't seem too many, does it? Now, Rome at the time, they didn't think much of Christians. I mean, 25,000, it's not a big deal. They thought that, uh, Rome just thought that, oh, yeah, this is another Jewish sect, a cult. Um, and so they just thought it wouldn't last and it was, to be honest, it wasn't uncommon for them to hear someone say that there was a messiah. Or someone claimed to be a messiah. That wasn't unusual for the Roman Empire; happened a lot. But something happened. It started to spread like wildfire. And they estimate in three hundred AD, there were twenty million Christians. Gone from twenty-five thousand to 20 million Christians. Now, the amazing thing about this, because it started to spread, the Roman Empire obviously didn't like it. And so there was intense persecution. And, and the same thing that we see with Jesus, we saw Christians burned at the stake. We see Christians fed to the lions. And what a, the amazing thing about this, it didn't stop it continued to grow. And I just, I just love that. That Even though Christianity was underground, it just continued to grow. Because they knew. They knew the cost. They knew what it took and they knew of the redeeming purpose of God and, and they saw it in themselves. Even though that maybe not everything was going right in the physical world, but inside, things had changed. And people needed to hear about Jesus. But what happened was in 313 AD, the emperor of Rome, Constantine, became a Christian. That is awesome. How amazing. And so he made Christianity the state religion. So here we see Christianity went from underground to becoming central to Rome. And in, in fact, Constantine would baptize his soldiers, every single one. He built cathedrals. He, he paid the priests so they became, uh, you know, professionals. And he also made Sunday a rest day. Also to recognize that this was the Christians saw this day as a day of uh, when Jesus rose again. And so he made it a rest day where people would actually not work, which again is amazing But even though all these developments were amazing, there were some negatives out of all this. See, the cathedrals were a place where only theology could be taught. Nowhere else cathedrals could be taught. Uh, Theology could be taught. Another thing was that now the priests were the only ones that could teach theology. And I want you to understand this because theology—the word theology—is actually knowing more about God. That's what it's come from. It's—we can all—we're all theologians. We all should be trying to know more about God. It's not just about studying the Bible, but what happened is we made it such an educated—the Roman Empire made it such an educated—and and they turned the Bible into Latin, so people couldn't understand it. And what happened was then the priests were the only ones that could speak to God and hear. They've just missed the whole point of the new covenant. Jesus and the prophets were talking of a day when all would hear the Holy Spirit. All could hear God. And this is what Peter talks about. He says that we're all royal priests. We all speak on behalf of God. We all have the Holy Spirit. We all can prophesy. Yet what happened was the church here said, no, only a select few could. And we went back to the old covenant. We went back to only Moses hearing God. Now you may be thinking, but wow, that's so many years ago, Cade. I feel like it's still influencing us today. I still think the church, think that there are certain individuals that God only speaks to. I think the church still thinks that there's only certain prophets. And what I love about Ephesians 4 is that when we talk about the fivefold, it's to equip the saints. And that is you for the ministry. All of you are the saints. That's why I love interns, because our heart is to equip you all in those those fivefold gifting. We want to see you guys. And yes, don't don't mishear me. Some are more gifted than others in certain areas. There are some that can hear God more clearly than others, but I believe that the Holy Spirit has come for all of us. He wants to speak with you. It says He's counselor, He says He's comforter, He says He's like Christ. He wants to be in a relationship with you. You can't have a relationship with someone that doesn't talk. That doesn't speak. That doesn't have a have a com- communication with you. And, and I truly believe that, for some reason, the church has missed that. But I believe there are churches, and I, I believe that this this church knows that the Holy Spirit is given to all. Now, maybe there are some, but I th- I just want to remind people today that maybe you. M- maybe you've heard that in the pulpit. that, oh, I'm not, Or maybe you've seen that and went, well, I, I can't hear God like him. That's why I love Jesus when he says that those that have ears, let them hear. What he's saying is, if you truly want to understand, if you truly want to know me, come. Pursue me. Come to know me. Do you... And this is what Jesus is talking about. He was talking about the parables because some couldn't understand what he's talking about. But with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, Jesus is saying, you can understand if you really want to, if you want to push in. God has always been speaking, but it's willing if we are willing to let go of our things and go and pursue God, come to him, come to listen, come to spend time with him. Because that promise that we are all priests, this is for all of us. And the reason why that's important, because when we understand that, and we're going we're gonna to look at this over the next few weeks, when we realize that the Spirit speaks to us, that's when we understand that we're sent. When we have a relationship with God, we understand that He is a sending God. That is His heart. And again, Christopher J.H. Wright says, mission arises from the heart of God himself and is communicated from his heart to ours. Mission is the global outreach of the global people of a global God. He is communicating his mission to us. And so instead of being something that we're, you know, we think is, we're, got to, we're obligated to do, it's not something we're obligated. It's actually coming from the heart. It's something that is God and God in us and and it's working through us. And, And as we go, we see the mission. We see where God is already working. It's not something we have to go and find. It's actually we need to be more in tune with what God is doing. We don't need to be scared or fearful. God is already working. I think we have this idea as believers that I've got to make it happen. I've got to do this, I've got to do that. But understand that God has been working on people ever since the beginning of time. He's doing the work, we're coming alongside him. You wouldn't be here if God wasn't working on you. You wouldn't have walked into this building today if God hadn't been in your life. Yes, maybe you didn't recognise that he's speaking to you. Maybe you've had the wrong idea. Maybe you thought, yeah, I've been through some hard things and I've never seen him. Can I tell you, God has been there? He's been and he's, he knows you, he sees you. And I want to help you over, over the next couple of weeks to understand God's voice. Because I think if we understand his voice, we know that we are sent. And when we know that we are sent, we see God's heart for the mission. We see God's heart for those around us that don't know him. We don't need to be scared. We don't need to be fearful. We just need to get in and have a go. We need to jump in. And honestly, it's not that hard. It's exciting. It's it's awesome seeing people come to be redeemed and to know God. It's awesome. And I, I just... It blows my mind of the people in this room. It blows my mind seeing someone like Harry get up in interns and doing interns. Man, God has done an amazing thing in his life. I remember sitting in the house with him. He had no idea who God was. And seeing God work through his life to the point that he is up here speaking is an amazing testimony. And that is only one person. I know many in this church that didn't know God that knows God today. But there are so many more that don't know God. And we are to partner with him, to be the light in the dark. We are sent. And and coming back to that Isaiah 61, 1 to 3, because I want to remind you that this mission that was sent to Isaiah and to Jesus is also for us. And so I just want to repeat, because the Holy Spirit has anointed us. He has sent us. He he wants us to go and proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent us to bind up the brokenhearted. He has sent us to proclaim freedom for the captives. He has sent us to release from darkness for the prisoners. He has sent us to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God. He has sent us to comfort all who mourn. He has sent us to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. He has sent you. He has sent you into your workplace. And I want you this week, is maybe you're sitting here going, okay, man, that's too far for me. I mean, I'm, just, I'm still learning about God. I'm not, I'm not equipped. You know, I haven't been to Bible college. I haven't done all these things. I want to tell you, you've got the Holy Spirit. And so the first thing I want you to do is discover. Discover who the Holy Spirit is. Get to know Him. Recognize Him, that He's in you, working with you, wanting to be in a relationship with you. Discover Him. If that's, that's what you focus on this year, I can tell you at the end of this year, if you put your heart and soul to discover who the Holy Spirit is, He's going to open up some new doors. He's going to give you clearer vision of what's going on around. He's going to help you. He's going to bring peace And then I want you to discover where God is working. Some of you may be going, oh, I'm just in a place that I can't speak about God. Can I tell you, you may not, but God's already speaking. He's already working around. Instead of trying to think I need to speak to everyone, maybe start thinking, God, where are you already working? Where are you already working in my work, friends? And, and as we know the Holy Spirit, start so let's start responding to the spirit's prompting if you feel to give and be generous to someone in your workplace or your friend if, you, if, it's, if it's two words, you know we, we've got to get out of our heads that we need to share the, the full gospel every time we see someone. trust me when I've, when I've walked with the Spirit, the spirit sometimes tells me just to say, "Hey, God loves you." Sometimes the spirit just tells me to give them something <laughs> to be generous sometimes I've given a, a little bit of wisdom. They don't always have to be the full gospel. We will get there. If God's working on them, if God is, is, is he's looking, God wants just people around them to help and guide them towards him. And if we can just respond to the spirit and, and walk with him, I, I truly believe the people around us are going to start to know God. And I've seen that. My friend who I've known for 10 years, has just decided to follow God, I just responded to the Spirit. I, I, don't worry, I've tried. I've done the, done the gospel and tried to get to everyone. But I can tell you when you actually just respond to the Spirit's prompting, it's a lot more free, can I be honest? Because the Spirit's working. <laughs> He's working on the people. And so we're just coming alongside the Spirit. We're just coming alongside what God is doing. And it's amazing what God is doing in people. And I am amazed that the harvest is ready. I'm amazed that if we're just more in tune where God is, it, it, you'll be amazed of who is around you that is open to God. So discover. Discover the Holy Spirit. Discover where God is working. And then over the next couple of weeks, we're going we're gonna to talk about uh, we're talking about responding to the Spirit. So next week, I want to look into that and how we can do that. We're going to respond to the Spirit. I want to talk about how we can be a blessing. You know, not be blessed, but be a blessing to our community, being Christ in the places we are. And then I want to talk about uh, the gifts that God, the Holy Spirit has given us and to use that and, and to, to understand that this message, when I say discover, this is not just for you individually. Often we we grab these messages and we go, okay, God sent me as an individual, it's the church. And so how can we work together as a church and, and respond to the spirit together and use our gifts together? And so we'll talk about that over the next couple of weeks. But my prayer is that just from today that you understand that you are sent. That God is a sending God. And I hope you, you've grasped that and understand that and not to be fearful God wants to use you. He doesn't need everything. He just needs you to be available. He will do the rest. He will work his power through you. And so I just I just pray that you grasp that and you understand that and you really start to push in and pure. and go, "Hey God, if you're going to use me, what's next? What what do I need to do? What do I need to let go of? What do I need to How can I know you more? How can I know your heart? How can I see what you're seeing?" And I truly believe that we talk about the workers being few. I think that's when we can come together and we can do the harvest together. Amen. Let's just pray. Father, let's pray for those that maybe haven't fully discovered who you are. You know, maybe they're still struggling. They're still wondering where you are sometimes when things are going on. We know, God, that you are there. You are around us. And I just pray that those that are questioning, I pray that they would just continue to push in no matter what. I just pray that they will push past that fear, not be scared of you because you're a loving God. And you've come to redeem. You don't want to see us sit in these dark places. You don't want us to be in these places where we are fearful, we are anxious. You want us out of that into your arms. You want to see us in your arms and and resting in you. And so I just pray for those that don't know you. I pray that they don't give up. They push in. And I pray that you, this week, that you would speak clearly to them. And maybe that's through someone else. That you would speak clearly and give them a word to show that you care about them. And then I pray, Father, for the church. I pray for the global church that we understand that we are sent. That, that, that us meeting together is, is more than just coming here to worship, but also to come here to encourage and equip So that we can go out into the work and be the church. That we can go out into the world to be the light. Because, Father, people need you. They need to know you. In your name, amen.